0: Welcome inside the PGP, the permission granted podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This is the podcast about the radio show, and it's found two different places. You can get it on the normal DA show podcast feed or its own podcast feed. Just search permission granted. Either way, subscribe, rate, and review. That helps other people find it. Also, you can find it inside the free Odyssey app where you can listen to our show and podcasts about the show, including the PGP. I want to dial back to Monday morning show because we were coming off the weekend, this huge series between the Mets and the Braves. And, of course, myself, Bogish, and Bilotti are all Mets fans. You're the Yankee fan. And the Braves sweep the Mets, knocking the Mets out of first place in the division, putting them in the wild-card round. And it's just a miserable weekend because DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett, the three best pitchers of the Mets, all lost. And it was just, it's every Mets fan just saw the the sky was falling yet again on Sunday night after a 100 win season. It was all poof even before the playoffs began. I was annoyed and kind of sullen. Bogish was aggravated and somewhat just like steaming. Pete, though, was a different level angry. (laughs) I could separate my angst about the Mets from the job at hand. And it was a football day. Having watched all football on Sunday, college football Saturday, I had a lot of stuff to get to and could compartmentalize doing the show about football. Bogish, same way, for the most part, while he made cracks about the games and stuff during the updates, gave you everything football related. I got the feeling for four hours, Pete, could not separate the fact that the Mets had been swept with the job at hand. He couldn't. He was completely consumed by the series of losses.
3: He was. He was. There was also references on his phone app to bets. He was looking to cash out on the Mets World Series futures. So he had, you know, Nickel Pete. Nickel bets Pete was all over it all year. But you're right. He came in, and I I know Pete bad moods. It's like... It's like knowing the different crescents of the moon, right? You kind of, all right, they go through a calendar. That bad mood had nothing to do with work, had nothing to do with life. That was strictly my release from all the things that bother me is now bothering me more than the things that bother me. And it was unbelievable to watch and unveil. And I will also tell you, I know in our conversations with Pete, Pete is usually the first one out of all of us to go to sleep on a Sunday night. He usually punts on the Sunday night baseball and the Sunday night football, likes to get a nice recharge of the week, even after watching football all day. So he'll come in, you know, he'll watch the highlights of the football, whatever. I know that he stayed up late for every last out of that, and he was aggravated that he had to because of the first two nights. So now you had no sleep, starting him on a bad week, and the Mets just losing that like that. And also, I hate to do this to you, but Pete has been chirping around here for two months that this team might be better than the 86 Mets. And he knows that nobody's gonna let him forget that. <laughs> if they lose that praise, you can't win a division. Are they better than a World Series champ?
0: I knew he couldn't shake it. I strategically wanted to talk about the Mets in the first hour because I felt like we all needed to release the air in the balloon a little bit. <laughs> Myself and Bogish and Pete came in that Monday morning before the show, and everybody's just like annoyed and just like harsh and just everyone's just like crotchety and talking about
3: it. I was in a good mood, but you guys were very crotchety. Yes.
0: And so I'm like, I just need it to be said on air, even though nobody in the freaking world cares right now that the Mets and Braves series went down. It's a football Monday.
3: It's definitely football Monday. Football definitely matters. But, I mean, the game wasn't totally relevant. It was on Fox Network TV Saturday night and was the ESPN Sunday night game. I mean, some people are aware of the
0: series. It just is totally overshadowed by football. So I'm like, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but we do have to address the elephant in the room because three of us are miserable. and One of us is jolly. And so I, I did it with the hope of a release and it helped me just talking about it. Then I could totally focus the rest of the show three and a half hours in football. After every commercial break, we would go to break and Pete would pop on the microphone down the line of me and say something else about the Mets. I mean, we were into the 8 o'clock hour, two and a half full hours into the show, and it would be like something random like, oh, and and so-and-so. You know, and, and how about this and the game last night? And I was like, you are stewing on this for four full hours at work, and we'll be stewing for much longer.
3: Again, no sleep for him, which meant to him that was basically watching the game and somehow just rolling after some fakakta nap into still thinking about the game. But also, you have to understand, he, within that first segment, turned to me And said, you know, this is one of those days in my career I'm happy to be working at CBS Sports Radio and not at WFAN New York, the local station, because he didn't want to deal with hearing about the Mets. And yet, he spent every football segment from Oklahoma and Venables to, and it was evident with the Giants stuff with my dad's prediction, I can't do this today, mumbling under his breath, I can't even think about this today. I can't even think about this today. He didn't want to work locally. He wanted to work nationally, but yet wanted none to do with the national stories. He couldn't even use those as a forget about the Mets. He was so deep in it. He
0: was so deep in his anger and sorrow and frustration. He's got
3: Venable's name to me. He's like, oh, well, what's going on here? Like, he couldn't He couldn't even think football. <laughs> he could not think about football.
0: They're killing him. They're killing him. They're killing him, Whitey. They're killing him.
3: Yeah. And by the way, as we taped this on a Tuesday, he was this is how good a fan he is. He was given four tickets to the game. And Pete is somebody who cares so deeply when he gets tickets. And he's bad mouthing everybody in me that keeps saying no to him. He even asked me, like, nuts. It's pouring rain out. They might have a doubleheader. What are they going to play? Uh, an inning here, put the tarp on, inning there. Game means nothing. And then there's the nerve to pop on Mike when he realizes nobody came and call anybody who is going dopes. He can't even think about what's right and what's wrong.
0: So he's completely sideways over the sweep, but the Mets have three more games. They're against the Washington Nationals, one of the worst teams in baseball, maybe the worst team in baseball. Huge rainstorm. I don't know if this is after Hurricane Ian or whatever this is. This is just tons of rain.
3: There was at some point. Is this still it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know.
0: And there's a doubleheader to make up last night's rain out. And Pete was offered today four tickets.
3: Four tickets to go to two games. This
0: morning. Yes. So, and it's a single admission doubleheader. 6
3: a.m. He got the text. Here are the tickets, field level four seats.
0: Now, there's no way you could get me out there tonight, none whatsoever. His but dad, I have
3: yes. Yeah, dad said no. His best friends, he goes to the game. No, what are you nuts? It's raining. Yeah,
0: and they and are they are meaningless games yes. because they are basically locked into the wild card. It would take a miracle for them not to be. And but Pete really still wants to go.
3: Well, and you could tell. And for those listening who don't understand, Pete doesn't think they're meaningless because Pete now has made multiple <laughs> references to you and I off air. You know, you know what's going to happen, right? The Braves are going to lose this game because they lost last night. Pete's still in the back of his mind, thinks the Braves are going to lose two more games and make this possible. And he feels like he can't actually admit that because people will make fun of him.
0: What gives Pete the most pain, power rankings? Mets,
3: Jets, or the job? Well, I think I've learned it's the Mets. The Mets are number one. I, I wouldn't have said that a week ago. I think in many ways. This is the wrong word to use, but I'll use it. He's given up on the job, right? Like, at least the management <laughs> stuff, he hasn't given up, but there are certain things where I think it stresses him out, but now he just accepts it. He can't accept the Mets' pain. When they drag him in, they drag him in hard, and it beats him up the worst. He's always neurotic and agitated, but this is a whole nother level. Like, what I experienced on Monday, and even trickling into Tuesday, <laughs> I've certainly enjoyed because I know I have nothing to do with the pain, but it is felt, and I could also tell you, I could go behind the scenes on one more note that's really annoying. Mm. We'll peel back the curtain. Pete ain't going to listen to this, so I'm not worried about it. Pete has his nephew, I believe,'s birthday party Friday night. And he has told Bridget for weeks, yeah, we're good to go, whatever it is. And it's a party that may go until like 10 p.m. at night. His belief would be the Mets are going to win the division. The Mets have a whole weekend off. I don't even have to focus on the playoffs. This is the weekend I'm going to give to my family before I settle in for what I hope is so a long Met playoff run. And today he's telling me, I don't know what to do now. If this, ge- this game's going on, they barely have cable over there. Like, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to watch the game. He's freaking out.
0: Because this Friday night when they would be game one of the wild card.
3: Yeah, so his big freak out here is that he never wants to play like the bad husband or father, where like me, I could care less. Like if the Yankees are playing Friday and we had someone to be sorry, sweetheart, you're taking the kids. And I hate to be like that, but that's just the way it is. Like <laughs> it's not happening. But Pete, I think, is very paranoid at having to now offend his wife by saying, I'm not going to the stupid nephew's birthday party.
0: So will he bail on the nephew? On a I don't know. Friday night, nephew?
3: I think what I told him he should do, I think the game time's not going to be until 8 p.m. And we don't know that yet. If it starts at 6 o'clock, whatever, get over there, show face. I got to run, you know, so got to go meet up with my dad or something like that. Yeah. Show face and get the heck out of there. You
0: got to. <laughs> It'll be fascinating to watch this because were we working with Pete the last time the Mets were in the playoffs?
3: Well, 2016. They were in yeah. a wild card game.
0: 15 and 16, we were at evening, so we still were not with Pete yet. So was our first Met postseason with Pete.
3: Wow. Yeah, because I definitely worked with you when they made the World Series. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of makes me want it to go on a little longer.
0: We gotta see how this this goes. He could really be mentally tortured every morning.
3: I kind of want the Mets to have a little run, lose now, not for you, but lose in the NLCS heartbreakingly, and every game beat eight thirty at night, so he's really (laughs) tired. That's best case scenario for me.
0: So let's dial back now to your Sunday. Was that, or was it Saturday, Peyton's first birthday?
3: Saturday was Peyton. So her first birthday is actually still to come on Monday. She was born on October 10th. But we were originally supposed to go to Wisconsin this past weekend. That was, you know, the plan we had talked about, and that fell through. So, the next couple weekends between my family and Danielle's family, there's just some scattered things going. People have weddings, or whatever. So we wanted to pick a date in October to have a first birthday party where the majority of our – otherwise, why are we doing this if our family can't come? So it came down to Halloween weekend or October 1st. Once we were clear from Wisconsin, I said let's do October – or whatever that is, October 1st, 2nd, quote, for better weather. Of course, the rainstorm had hit. So, yeah, everybody came over on Saturday.
0: Now, you opted for – Two different entertainments You opted for the mariachi band Unique for a one year old birthday
3: We can get into that
0: And a Peppa Pig
3: Well there was a a magician with a rabbit Wow. Uh, There was balloons and face painting And a clown and balloon animals There was Peppa Pig uh, And there was a mariachi band So before anybody Because I was told by a friend who had showed up there That it felt like one of Billy Madison's first grade graduation (laughs) parties (laughs) I I was under the impression of we play music, we have catered food, everybody yeah. just come, win, wrap the gifts. My wife, I think, wanted to, she almost feels like Taylor is always going to get the first billing, oldest child. So she wanted to, hey, let's have a big celebration of Peyton. She's the second kid. Kind of feels like sometimes she could be an afterthought even by us. Like she's going to freaking remember. We get a package online. She looks up. It is for an hour and a half. This team comes. You get Peppa Pig, pictures with everybody, somebody paint and face, all the stuff I just did. Not a bad price. I won't reveal the price. And you get all that for an hour and a half, and we're like, you know what? That'll entertain the kids. Cotton candy machine involved as well. She sold me on I said, okay, write the check. We'll do that. That'll be the big thing. We went with, have you ever heard of the Disney movie Coco? Yes. Okay, so it's like, uh, yeah, Day of the Dead Mexican theme. So my kids love this movie. They're smiling. They laugh. They love the music. We went with a Day of the Dead Coco theme. So the sombreros and... We did taco bar and Mexican food. It was fun. It was different. It was, and people really loved the different. So as we were there, Danielle's uncle comes up to me about half an hour into the party and we're throwing back Medellos and the adults are having a good time. Everybody's gambling college football like you should do at a first birthday party. <laughs> and he says, so I rent a couple houses and somebody's cousin runs a mariachi band. And he shows me the price. He goes, how would, what would you say to having a mariachi band? Would you be interested in that? I looked down at the price. It was not a price I was willing to pay on the fly. I would tell you it was about $700. bucks. i like, I'm sorry. I, it has to be a limit here. Yeah. He's like, no problem, no problem. He comes back at me. He goes, you know, they don't have as much filled up. He came back at me with a price which was more than 50% off. He said, what if I split this with you? And I looked down at the price. I said, well, now we're talking. And they would come for a half an hour and do happy birthday and everything. He goes, but if we do it, we don't tell anybody. So – Peppa Pig and Company are scheduled to come at five thirty p.m. Eastern. We're going to okay. do happy hour, five thirty to seven. Close out the party strong with the kids. With mm-hmm. that, he goes, "I can get him here to play for five to five 30. I said, "Let's do it. We don't tell anybody at the party." And I have about fifty people at my house, so this is at about three o'clock. We have two hours to go. The party started at two. We book it by three, so nobody knows what's going on. They pull up. They text their uncle. I go outside and meet with them. They're dressed head to toe. They got all the instruments. And nobody knows where me and her uncle have gone. I open up my front door, and boom, we have a parade of a mariachi band, and it blew the roof off the house. Wow. People couldn't believe it. Really? The videos, the pictures, people thought it was the greatest thing ever. And even my wife was surprised. She had no idea. She's like, what is going on here? Then they came back, and they played Bob's by the Bay for the last 15 minutes of their set with everybody (laughs) in the backyard. Uh, and it was bumping. It was, and wow. it was the moment. I'm still getting texts about it. I can't believe you found a mariachi band. What a moment. Wow. It was unique. It was different. Yeah. But again, there was a price to pay that I was not going to go over. It was a good negotiating. We got a mariachi band. At wow. First, first 40.
0: So power rank the most popular parts of this whole day.
3: Mariachi bands definitely won. Number two, I think, was the taco bar. People really mm. weren't present. You go to a party, Italian food, maybe some Chinese food. People love the taco bar. Well, number three still going to be. There's a lot of drunk adults, which really liked it. Uh, number four, I would say the rabbit that came out from The Magician. They had a live rabbit came with it, uh, and the kids were really, really wowed. They went crazy for it. And then I would say number five, probably the face painting, although it got a little annoying. There was a lot of Batman.
0: Peppa Pig didn't make the top five?
3: Peppa Pig creeped some people out. The kids didn't love Peppa Pig. Not, really? There was a lot of, mommy, you got to hold me with Peppa Pig. Wow. It was very hard to get kids to take a one-on-one picture of Peppa Pig. They were a little frightened. Uh, many who watch Peppa Pig apparently said that seems a lot bigger than on TV. Mm. And I, I personally found it cool, but Peppa Pig was a little suspect to <laughs> the kids. It's like the kids that are scared of Santa. So I don't know if Peppa Pig lost viewers after this party. I would have absolutely
0: guaranteed Peppa Pig before our conversation was the number one most popular.
3: You would think, but it wasn't. And there was a point in time where Peppa Pig was going to take part in singing the happy birthday with the cake. And you scan, and because it was so rainy, we originally planned to have the whole party outside. We was still mainly inside, but people were outside. The rain was on and off. There's a point in time in my house where there's a mariachi guy waiting to use the bathroom on his way out. <laughs> there's a clown sitting on the other side, and Peppa Pig is trying to rev up the crowd, and so, uh, I was filming it kind of going around. This is crazy. And my brother-in-law turns to me and goes, this really feels like college game day. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. We had a good time.
0: That's great. Monday, you gave us the prediction of all predictions that Bob the Deli Man, your dad, <sighs> thinks the Giants could run the table and go undefeated the rest of the way, finishing at a 16 and 1 record which would be the most wins ever in NFL history tied with the 07 Patriots <laughs> yeah. who were 16 and 0 and that blew my hair back. I mean I knew that he was an optimist. I did not think he was that crazy. Loves the effort. But after we talked about it, joked about it, were blown away by it. Did he find out that we
3: discussed it? I have not spoken to him. I okay. have not spoken to him and since since he left the house. Basically right after the giant game Sunday. So I don't know how he feels. I don't have an answer on that, but I I imagine he stands by it. I mean, I know he's excited. He's already pre-planning the breakfast menu for the London game. So he's, he's pumped up. He's definitely pumped (laughs) up. He loves what he sees. He loves Brian Dable. Wake him up. Wake him up. Wake Bob up. He's ready. He loves the effort.
0: I mean, that is such a bold call because of course that won't happen. Will Bob be crushed when they start losing games?
3: No, because after every loss, he'll tell you what they did well. He'll quickly forget that he picked 16 wins. If they lose the next two and they're 3-3, look at the schedule now. They need a little humbling. Like, he'll turn it into that thing. But I think what really pumped Bob up on Sunday was the fact that the team (laughs) won with so much running game defense and were wearing uniforms from the 80s. And he showed up to my house. He's wearing the Lawrence Taylor jersey. I think to him that was like, you know, we're all fond of our – I still love Dunkaroos. He loves the 80s Giants, you know. <laughs> I think to him it was like Thibodeau's Lawrence Taylor, you know, Saquon's Joe Morris. This is a – we're beating the Bears. Like, this is – it was a big thing for him.
0: That's amazing. Well, what's that going to be like if the Giants actually do get to 10 wins? I mean, he's going to be through the roof.
3: Yeah, and he'll accept a wild-card loss. In the he'll, He just wants to be in the – he just wants to be there that weekend. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's going and he's telling every one of my sister's friends you watch how good this team is. And then it makes it makes me look corny because I have some optimism. I think they will win ten games, but he's to another level, <laughs> and then I gotta speak for him. I mean again at this birthday party, he told two cowboy fans that he thinks Kenny is still a top ten wide receiver. Bob, you gotta wake up, wake him up. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta wake up here. I can't defend you at every turn. <laughs>
0: Giants go to Tampa Wild Card Weekend and get beaten up 31-6. He's okay with it.
3: Yeah, he'll tell you. Hours up. Now, next year we're going to the Super Bowl. We got our playoff experience. He will be... I will tell you this. If they win 10 games and get knocked out Wild Card Weekend, the entire next six months will be about we are playing in the Super Bowl next year. I know him, and I know what a playoff loss sets up for him for the next year.
0: That's glorious. So, before we wrap this up, my guess is you guys will talk about you and Bogue's the epic fail, which was an update done by a certain anchor. Yeah.
3: I want to find out if if Bogus was for real, that he needs to talk to him.
0: Yeah. Because it was a clip. You guys will get into it, but we my- can insert it here. Okay, let's play it here. Tulane won twenty seven twenty-four on a walk off ten yard touchdown pass from third string quarterback Kai Horton. To Ty John Spears in overtime, emotional evening for Seattle baseball team as the Mariners clinched their first playoff postseason berth since 2001 on a Cal Raleigh walk-off shot in the bottom of the ninth to defeat the A's 2-1. to one. one more piece of news is Ark Manning, nephew of NFL legends Eli and Peyton, broke his uncle's record for career passing yards and touchdowns in a season. I'm Jack Stern. So... My question was, when that was played, was Pete devastated that another black guy had come down in his newsroom? Or no. Or he was, that's not my guy, so it's. I don't even care. I'm, I actually like the fact that somebody is...
3: If you're a keen listener to the DA, show, <laughs> a really astute listener, not just kind of half-talking to somebody as the show's on, you will quickly start to be able to pick up who are Pete management guys and who are guys from other people in management that Pete took no part in hiring. Right. I, so I'll say about that. Yeah. But when I... So if you noticed in Soundcheck, we had four clips on Tuesday. The reason for that is I was running a little late. We had mentioned the, the situation I had dealt with on the ride in, and I had three clips already, and somebody had pointed us this Jack Stern clip. I found it in that first segment. And at first, when I told Pete I had it, Pete doesn't like... He was still in a bad mood about the Mets, doesn't like being thrown off. We have four now. What's going on? The moment Pete heard it, If that was any other clip, he would have been annoyed. We played it. He celebrated like no end. This is this is what I'm. It only further solidifies Pete's feelings as far as management. (laughs) Look, the whole world is laughing at what I'm laughing at. This is what I deal with. Pete's rooting for losses. (laughs) Pete's Pete's like a falcon fan right now. Wants to get to that top of the draft.
0: Okay, it did seem like he. I didn't know if he was going to be like, why are we going to embarrass the network by playing this?
3: No, he feels like it, it makes him look better that he took no part in establishing that embarrassment.
0: Which he's right. I mean, it makes him look better. It, looks, it makes the network look terrible. Yeah, I
3: mean, I would say it doesn't make it look like a team player. <laughs> but there's no I in team. There's no I in Pete either.
0: So, bogus said on the air that he he needs to talk to him. He needs to have a talk with him. And you're gonna ask whether Bogu's is serious about that.
3: Yeah, because after playing that back in the Epic Fail on Tuesday, I actually sat back and I wondered it almost went over my head. Is Bogue serious? And in many ways a sixty minute sit down is Bogue serious is gonna come up next to the (laughs) side B
0: something's gotta
3: give here. Something's gotta give.
0: Because this is one of
3: many, many errors well and again, we're not looking for these clips either. They're being brought to our attention by diehard CBS sports radio listeners. So yeah. they, the listeners themselves are seeing embarrassments.
0: Right. And and not to pile on, but we have mistakenly calling you Raz, then writing Kurt with a T herb straight in Twitter. We have multiple mislabeled cuts, and now we have this. Incident. That's a lot.
3: And he's not just an update anchor, he's also one of our lead columnists for a website right now.
0: That it's a lot. That's a lot of unforced errors there.
3: Yeah. Again, kind of like Daniel Jones we bring it back. At some point you gotta stop blaming the offensive line.
0: And I would say that our commanding is the most severe of the of the errors. That's the most to me the, unac- the most a- unacceptable.
3: I mean, I still think Kurt Herberts really bad because he's at least been around forever.
0: But he could blame that one on the autocorrect. That's yeah. what he did. He said, "I knew it was Kirk."
3: Well, that's true. So if he blames this on autocorrect and say it was a mistyping when I was reading a script, you still see it as you're reading a script and should be able to comprehend that that's wrong. And the moment that it comes out of your mouth, you would say, "Sorry, Arch." Yes, and he did. And he did.
0: There's there's too much. There's too much evidence here that he. It's not autocorrect or misspellings or mistypings. The evidence is doesn't know.
3: And has, again, gone out of his way to tell interns that should be learning from how big a college. He's the college football guy. Well, Ark Manning is a big crew here. <laughs> Kurt Herb, Herbst. I, I can't even call Kirk Street by his name anymore either. Like, that's a big problem.
0: And now Kirk is doing Thursday Night Football, and every time he's on
3: with Michael. I keep calling him Kurt Herbstreet. <laughs> I, I that's what I think in my head stanza. okay deep
0: dive with Bogues on whether he needs to have a sit down in the locker room with a certain update anchor now call from mom
1: answer it call silenced
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game
1: you have 47 new voicemails
0: download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply
1: tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone
3: Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho! Howdy-do! It's Mraz here on Side B. How are you? Mary Stern, Miss Andrew Bogish. What's uh, going on?
4: hey, Santa Sean. How are you today?
3: I'm doing well, Elf Bogish. How are you?
4: Again, I'm good, Sean. Thanks
3: for having me. All right. Well, topic de jours all over the place here. Mm. De sure The number one topic... I can't believe again for another PGP. You know, we've always had extra characters that get killed off on <laughs> permission granted podcasts. I suggested kill people last and, week on and this in podcast. and the past, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, we, and we may get to that in a second, but one Jackery Stern, who has been a bit of a lightning rod of sorts. Some say any publicity is good publicity. At its core, I like the kid. Me too. But it was brought to our attention by several listeners. Several. When I say several... Several. Yeah, multiple, more than one. Multiple listeners. I mean it. You guys got to go back to Saturday morning. I mean, I got a message within
4: minutes of it happening. People went right yeah. to their phone or computer to send me a DM. Which is
3: good for CBS Sports Radio that we have that many people still listening on the weekends. Agreed. Which is great. Number two, it happened on a morning that I thought Jack Sturm was doing. And I say this in all seriousness, a very good, succinct job locally in New York as he was wearing different hats. But he called Arch Manning, Arch Manning, Arch Manning. And now I'm calling him Mark Manning. Yeah. And Bogus, we just went over this with D.A. on side A. On side B, I'd like to ask you a question. You said something really interesting. And D.A. and I are both wondering the simple question. Are you serious? You said you really need to talk to him. Yeah. Were you serious? You just saying that tongue in cheek. No, I'm going to email him. Uh, because,
4: again, he he came to me with an air check before his first update shift. Okay, shifts. so he looks at you as a bit of a mentor. How should I do this? Does this sound good? When should I do this? When should I do that? So I think the door is open for me to talk to. Now, the problem is when I write an email to him now, it's him like, hey, somebody sent me your update on eight from 830 last well, Saturday. Well, but I think when- that's fine.
3: Okay. I think it's fine to say, hey, just to let you know, a few listeners to our show all sent us in a couple of mistakes you had made on one update Saturday morning. I, 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 think that these are things you need to clean up. Yeah. Cause I think, cause, and I say that I'm, I'm being serious here.
4: I understand. I can see where Jack's going to be 18 months from now with some polish and he gets used to this. Like, and it goes back to our point of this is supposed to be the end game, New York city, well, WFAN, the can network. I, can I pause your thought for yeah, a second? Please go ahead.
3: You just uttered the words, I could see with some polish where he's gonna be eighteen months from now. So you see big things in his I future. He- I I I
4: can hear a very good update in the script that we tore apart on Saturday morning. Okay. I can the the base things are there. I think Jack's personality is good because there's only so many ways you can talk about baseball football scores. So you've gotta be able to throw your personality in there. And it takes time to learn how to throw your personality in there. Without being overwhelming, right. without being too wordy, without doing it too often, because it's not a show. Right. And so it can't be in every single one. But you gotta but so you, so you gotta figure out how to get there. And I think hey. Jack knows how to write. I think Jack picks some good stories. I like the idea of mentioning that Arch Manning broke a high school record. You gotta specify which uncle, because they're both his uncle. Right. Um but you can't, when you bring up Arch Manning, you, you, you just can't call him Ark. You, everybody makes mistakes. I'm sure I made ones today. Right. I played a cut that I butchered editing Everybody wise. makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. But there are ones that, like, show the way I look at it, and I'm guilty of these two. Like, it, it defeats, it hurts, it cuts back at you, like, being a professional. There are certain things you can't mess up. Like, you can't call it, you can't call him Ark Manning.
3: You can't... Well, especially easy stuff, right? I would argue, because... All of us have done this hosting shows. You can mess up Tua's last name and Giannis' last name and learn how to have fun with it because everybody stumbles. Right. Arch is about as easy as it gets.
4: Yeah, or if you, and everybody
3: misspeaks, you fixed got fix it right away. you got to go Arch well, Manning. And, like, right, he he rolled right. So the thing I was going to say to you is if you say, how do you approach saying something to somebody like Jack like that? Because in my mind, and I, I know dealing with Jack a little bit, I feel like his answer could simply be, I know, I, I mistyped it, and that's it. But how do you actually drill in him where there's mistyping it, but there's also understanding as you're reading something that you mistyped something, number one. And number two, there were several things wrong there. The arc is just what really yeah. popped. So, I mean, my hope
4: actually is that he hears the segment, even we might have been mean to him. He hears it before I have to, before I actually write the email, and maybe he starts the conversation. But you have just put a new fear in my head that I didn't have before, and this goes back two weeks or three weeks here on the podcast. I show up with good intentions. Here's this and that and this. Let's work on these things. The way he kind of pushed back on that Monday morning about what wasn't in the system, where it was in the wrong place. Or just blatant things that weren't true. Right. Like, I Is he going to listen? Is he going to take to heart the things that we put in front of him to make him better? Or is he just going to tell me, like you said... Oh, I I know it's I know it's Arch Manning. I just I wrote Arc in the script but I just read what was there. Like I
3: think that really is going to be the answer, right? Bogus. He, How annoyed will that make you when it is? Well, because he can't come at you and go, oh, it's Arch. I thought it was Arc. He can't. I, I say mean, that. I would almost prefer him to say that. Like, but oh, he, he I'm a won't. Dope. He
4: will not. True, probably true, probably true. Because he has not just fallen on the sword
3: once yet, right? Even for many, even for small things. But There's I guess a reason if, for all of that if his answer is I know it's Arch Manning I mean he I guess he might like it re, it really might just be simply that he wrote Arc he typed it quick and didn't write eight it's his inability to recover and acknowledge it right
4: yeah like it just now but it's there like the building blocks are there but this is again it's why oh. you're supposed to work in smaller markets
3: to begin with because I, you gotta look you gotta you gotta learn how to do this job I don't want to do this because if Jack's listening to this it almost gives him an excuse ahead of time uh-oh just do it. We had all our listeners text us or email us, and it was all the same. i how I knew the time. You didn't come at me with the time, which meant I saw the same message as multiple ones. Yeah. I never got those again for any other hour he did. Right. Is it possible he said Arch multiple times, and that was the one he said arc, which meant <sighs> he really does know it's Arch, and that really was just a mistakeful update. Is he allowed to have a mistakeful update if the other ones are clean that we're not aware about because we didn't go back and listen to them? What? But- Okay, well, I would, A, argue that there probably wasn't a
4: reason to mention that story in every update. If he did that in every update, then that's a different critique I'd have with him just from an update okay. standpoint. Like, that was not—that's a, a good, like, kicker last story, but those are the ones that you rotate. Gotcha. You don't put—so if he said that in every update, then my argument would be, does that doesn't need to be in every update. But I, I think it plays into—there's too many examples now of just— the rough edges of what he's trying, of what he's learning on the fly so here. So, your point would be any out he has it still leads to another mistake. Well, I think this particular example could have a, yes, could have a, a, a secondary. Critique attached to it. If it was, oh, I said it eight times correctly and one time wrong, and you guys just heard that one.
3: Now, I do find the angle of him coming to you before the shift started and the mistake started with being a little bit of a mentor. Are you mentoring other young update anchors around here? Uh, I wouldn't even say that I'm mentoring
4: Jack because we only had this one back and well, forth. Well, have you been
3: asked by numerous people to listen to
4: updates? Um, I mean, the, the my Fordham guys ask me all the time. So, nobody around
3: CBS Sports Radio. Oh, Emmanuel.
4: Emmanuel has asked me to listen to updates and other
3: things. Um, People from other places send me things. You know what? There used to be a good crop of people when I had first started, like, hosting off being a producer. I guess that viewed—that's where I used to make the Locker Room Leader stuff that everybody looked at me, right? People haven't asked me to do it in a long time. I wonder if they think I stink. I'm almost jealous that you're being asked. Well,
4: but no, I mean, Boyle hasn't asked you for a a thought or two? Uh,
3: A thought or two, but not to actually listen to something. But you know what?
4: I also heard him, I think, I could be wrong, I thought I heard him asking Craig Carton if he had listened to something. So maybe now that he's
3: in, he thinks he can go up level. But even people underneath Pat Boyle, nobody comes to old Shawnee anymore. I can't answer that question. Wow. I can't speak for them. Bogus the leader. I am not. Now, real quickly before we wrap, Bogus, you last week at the PGP basically said we need to send the message of death. You and I both walked into this office on a Monday morning after a busy football Sunday. Um, some of us a little groggy, tired after a Mets sweeping at the hand of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And a miraculous thing happened. Yeah. It looked like 2014 in our in our system. There were highlights and post-game clips galore, important post-game clips that weren't just simply downloadable, such as Aaron Rodgers.
4: The things you needed, the things that should have been there.
3: Plays that weren't just scoring plays from games, important moments, a la the Lamar Jackson interception. Now, that may sound very basic and something that should be there, but something we have been lacking. Do you think last week's PGP woke up the newsroom? Woke him up, woke uh, her up.
4: I, I think that's the only conclusion we can come to. I think I think we should absolutely pat ourselves on the back without any proof. I didn't hear from anybody. No one said, hey, are bad, or mm. not even a how do you like this email. And we got, But it got done. The job got done. Maybe we stumbled upon two new all-stars in the newsroom on Sunday. Maybe people listen and go, I don't want Pete to kill me and leave me in the newsroom as an example. But I'll accept the the credit for fixing this. Pete doesn't want it. I think you and I should take it. Woke him up. Mm. Woke her up.
3: Interesting. Didn't wake Pete up. Pete's still sleeping. You can follow Bogus and send old demos to him. At Andrew Bogus, and please. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. At MerazCBS. Have a great weekend, everyone.
1: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.